2: You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to Absent Minded. My name is Jared Buck. And we have some news to announce. Uh, I'm going to do my best Gary Bettman impression. You know, we, we, have, we have a trade to announce. Well, well, I, actually, it's not really announcing, because if you're listening to this by now, I'm sure you've heard that uh, the Montreal Canadiens have a new head coach, and it is Marte Saint-Louis. And it still feels weird saying that. I, I've wrote a couple of articles. I've edited a few articles on on the Prize with that already. And, uh, yeah. First time I said it out loud, I think. Actually, no, I told my wife about it first. Uh, but then, yeah, so weird day. And uh, joining me today, Matt Drake, Anton Rosgaard. Well, you know, I, I have to start with Matt. I'm sorry, Anton, but uh, yeah, no Matt, problem. <laughs> you, what, you, you know, you've been uh, talking about uh, Dominic Ducharme for for a while, and uh, your thoughts about his future, uh, your reaction not only to the firing but the hiring of uh, martine Saint Louis
0: um na 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 na
1: hey hey hey
0: goodbye goodbye um i'm ecstatic what do you mean of, of course i'm ecstatic now i don't want to celebrate somebody losing their job but he did make for what what do you make like 1.7 million dollars per year as coach yeah so one year's head coach he made probably more than i would make in 10 years working at my job so um You know, I I don't feel that bad celebrating it because I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for the organization to finally send a message that they are not tolerating the level of ineptitude that we're seeing on the ice. And I think that's the main takeaway here is that, yes, the organization has finally said, no, this is not okay. We need more development. We need to see something on the ice that resembles a competitive hockey team. Whether or not they win games isn't important. But what is important is definitely uh, having a little bit of competition on is actually looking like a team playing like a team and, and not losing every game seven to one, six to one, five to one, you know, just seeing something from this team that uh, I, let, let's face it, they're not going to get back to the Stanley cup finals this year, but seeing something from them other than these brutal losses game after game, after game, uh, sending a message that they're not tolerating that I'm ecstatic. Couldn't be happier. Uh, I'm not too sure about Martin St-Louis as a choice. I mean, as far as I know, and Jared, you put it in the chat earlier, the screenshot of his coaching record. It's <laughs> Pee-wee, Pee-wee AAA is the most experience he's got. But there, the suggestion has been put out there that maybe he has a potential other role in the organization coming up after this season. And maybe this is kind of like the precursor to that. get to know the team a little bit and coach the team. It's, it's an interim role. And I'm, I'm very willing to give him a shot and see what happens here. I'm ecstatic. I'm
1: ecstatic. And on. yeah i was gonna say like it's it's a different kind of perspective coming in and just at this moment we were just like i mean there is losing and there's tanking and then there's losing and tanking and this is just like this is the latter the, there was just nothing positive about the way the canadians were playing uh you weren't progressing the young guys you were letting your young goalie tandem out you were leaving them out to dry you're just seeing the confidence of all of these players just vanish uh from game to game now for example they had just come back after you know having the all-star week off and you just see well basically well during a, a brief period like Every period of time in the second period, you could see some intentions, but but for the majority of the game, it was just like there was were no tendencies, nothing on offense, nothing on defense, nothing on special teams, and just like this has been basically like for uh, Ducharme's entire tenure. Yeah, he he did go to the Stanley Cup Finals, and we'll always cherish him for that Western conference title that we got out of it and and great but we were waiting for him to implement his style after like post Julian and we're thinking that well it should probably well he's coached a lot of young guys he's coming from the queue and he's done well there and Jonathan has had talked so well about you know how Ducharme was good at the man uh the man coaching and everything uh and finding the little details in the play but you just never saw any tendencies of that you know, progressing or, or, you know, we see a guy like Cole Caulfield who has scored in every level and all of a sudden he can't get anything out and he gets, you know, demoted. He doesn't get like more confidence or like, you know, the vote of confidence from the coaching staff. He just gets... Yeah, all of these guys, it would just seem like guys who have played really well before and all of a sudden you see nothing there. And, you know, these players like Jeff Petrie, for example, who has been a mainstay in the league and for the Canadians for so many years, and you just all of a sudden see nothing there. And that has to be on the coaching staff. And at this point, I'm like, I'm more surprised that parts of the coaching staff actually stay on than I am that Dujarman is getting fired because like they're, like, even if you want Shane Wright, even if he is a prized possession, there is no reason to keep Dominic Ducharme. Like, there were no reason to keep him two months ago, let alone now. So, in regards to Martin Saint-Louis, uh, well, as we said, like, he's he's the assistant coach of a AAA team. Like, we, we have no idea about who, what kind of coach he is, but I'm thinking more like... It feels more uh, like when Zinedine Zidane took over Real Madrid, for example. I mean, he hadn't been very successful in the Castilla team, in the second team for the Real Madrid. Like, he hadn't even done anything there. But he came up to the, like, basically the largest uh, soccer club in the world. And since he had that pedigree of being Zinedine Zidane, it was obvious that everyone listened to him. He was a legend. and he had done something for the entire game. And that's basically the same for Martin saint Louis with the added on effect that he is a local lad as well. And I'm just wondering like what this will do for a guy like Cole Caulfield to actually get one of the best, um, you know, goal scoring wingers from the last 30, 40 years, you know, in the league Um, to have him as your coach for the upcoming months. That could do wonders for his confidence.
2: Yeah. I like, the downside is very, very minimal. Like when I first heard about the hiring, I was like, oh no, not another rookie coach. Like what? And then I heard it was, then when they said it was interim till mm-hmm. the end of the season, I was like, okay, this makes sense. Like it's, look, let, let's face I mentioned this in, in an article, you know, maybe a couple weeks ago about how it, it's not a simple solution to fire Dominic Ducharme simply because. There's several reasons, but mainly because A, the entire coaching staff just got three-year contract. So there's that issue. Obviously that wasn't a huge factor. Second of all, is that the only French speaking person on the staff, on the bench staff, was Alex Burroughs. And you're not going to throw Alex Burroughs as a rookie head coach into this mess. Just not going to happen. So at that point, the only possible hirings are from outside. Right? You're not going to you can promote maybe, you know, Trevor Latowski, Luke Richardson, guys with head coaching experience, but who don't speak French, temporary solution, or we'll revisit the end of the season, yada, yada, yada. We've seen that Randy Kennyworth story, right? If, if a guy <laughs> is coaching the team and knows he's not going to get the job next year, what's like, and, 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 and on the second part of that is, look, Luke Richardson and Trevor Latowski and Alex Burrows, even for that matter, have been there the entire time if if they had any semblance of how to fix this, are they just going to be like, oh, well, Dom's going to get fired. I'll just wait until they hire me. Like, no, right? Like, it, it's like all the people who are complaining that, that you know, the leadership of the Canadians sucked uh, because Max Pacioretty was captain and, and that Shea Weber needed to have the C on his chest in order to become a good leader. Like, no, like, it, it, that's not how it works. So I, I think that uh, fresh ideas will help. Absolutely. And that's what I think Marty Saint Louis will bring instantly. He'll also instantly bring respect and, and he'll bring, uh, you know, uh, the players will respect him and he'll bring a presence, right? Like he, like, look, I'm not going to count him out of anything. I'm not going to say he's a, like, he's been counted out his entire hockey life. So I, I think that it's intriguing and there's no risk. Right. Like if he, if at the end of the season, he's like, you know what, this coaching thing is not for me. Okay. No problem. Thanks for yep. your service, Murdy. And, and that's it. And if the worst case scenario, like, like Anton mentioned, if the worst case is that he gets, you know, two, three months to work with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. That's not the worst thing in the world either. Right. Like, no. you know, it, it, it's just, it, it, there's so much. Like the, the thing that strikes me and, and why I thought that this was going to come sooner rather than later. And I thought it was going to come during the bye week, to be completely honest. But the reason why I thought it was going to come sooner rather than later is because there, there was just nothing about this team that was positive. And in some cases, you're fine with that. But in the way that the Canadians are, and yes, they have a new GM. Yes, they have new um, management in, in Jeff Gordon. Yes, they're rebuilding or retooling or something. They're going to be trading contracts at the trade deadline, or at least expiring contracts at the very least. You still have key parts of this team that are going to be, like, the Canadians are going nowhere if Nick Suzuki doesn't develop. The Canadians are going nowhere if Cole Caulfield doesn't develop. Alexander Romanov. And, and you know, the list can go on. There's, there's, well, there's, uh, there's, um, there's Just a ahead. quick,
1: like, yeah. Romanov isn't that important because there are several no. other left-handed right. defensemen in the organization, but...
2: And that's that's a whole other thing is that there's that Mm. whole Jordan Harris connection between, Mm. right? Like Everybody's kid plays with Jordan Harris now. (laughs) I I joke that how many more hires will they have to do to specifically appease to Jordan Harris on Twitter? Um, It's a joke, but I think that that's a key part of this as well. And I'd be very surprised if he does not make his debut of the Canadians this season at this point. And I don't think that's the major thing. I, I think that you hire people who you know, and they've been spending a lot of time at, northeastern like it's just how it works that's how hockey has always worked that's how any job works um for better or for worse but um what I was going to go back to is is look you know Cole Caulfield Nick Suzuki key parts of this future you can't have them just not wanting to come to the rink every day Josh Anderson's like yeah it's it's embarrassing uh it's not fun to come to the rink that's not what you want right you don't want players to dread coming to to play hockey and and You know, you don't want them to to feel like they're losing every day or the game's lost before it even starts. It's it's a mindset. Like, Martin St-Louis is not going to fix the Montreal Canadiens right away. You know, they're not going to go – they might go on a winning streak. I mean, Mario Tremblay, the team went on a huge winning streak when he got hired, but that's besides the point. But he's not going to, like, instantly fix everything. But what he will do instantly is make the players want to come to the rink or at least feel like there's a fresh start. If you hire Alex Burrows – And he's saying the same things that Dominic Ducharme said, but in a different way. I don't know if that solves the issue that was plaguing this Canadians team, because it goes more, it's more than just X's and O's. It's more than just, you know, who's playing on what line. It's more than just a power play structure or whatever. It's about just getting, cleansing the room. And I think that Marty St. Louis bringing fresh eyes, someone who hasn't experienced the highs and the lows of the last 12 months will be an instant boost to this team, not to mention all the help he can do with player development.
0: Yeah. I wonder, honestly, because there's been people suggesting that maybe he has another role with the organization coming up at the end of the year. Right. And that's why they went with the interim tag. I wonder if he's not the guy they have tagged to be the next Trevor Timmons. Right. It would make a lot of sense. I mean, this is a guy who went undrafted. So he knows a thing or two about being overlooked, right? He might know a thing or two about, uh, about talent in hockey players. Right. I, I think it would be a logical step for him to take, to be the interim coach for a year and kind of learn a little bit more about the team, learn about what they have, what they need. Uh, and then move into that kind of a role where it's like, all right, you're the, you're kind of the guy at the draft now, uh, running things. Right. I, I think it's a logical step for him. And for me, you know, my my number one concern when I saw the announcement come was exactly what you put in the EOTP chat, Jared, was I saw I was like, he's coaching peewee AAA. i I've coached peewee hockey, I can't coach in the NHL. So my concern was, I started to freak out. And I'm like, really,
1: just because he played in the NHL, we're hiring a guy who coached in
0: peewee. Yeah. And then I thought I was gonna it. say
1: how, how many goals have you scored in the NHL? Matt?
0: I, I have scored <laughs> uh, exactly as many as Jared has. <laughs> um so we're tied actually uh on the top of the list for everybody who writes for EOTP actually so we're tied for number 1. Yeah. Um anyways that being said I was concerned about it from the from that perspective of oh he's only coached triple AAA and then I thought about it and I was like you know what I've I've done about 10 15 podcasts saying that I want Dominique Sham fired. A lot of people disagree with me and mostly what they would do is point at his resume and say oh look at what he did in junior. He made an, uh, a Stanley Cup final also in his first year. And what did I keep saying to people? was everybody shut up about his resume. I don't care what he did in junior with a stacked junior team with the Halifax Mooseheads. Right? You, you didn't really have to coach very defensively. You had a stacked team. Winning a Memorial Cup with that team doesn't buy you a lot of points. A lot of people would point to his work with Hockey Canada. I give nobody points for working with Hockey Canada. You're supposed to win you have some of the best players at any age group when you're working with hockey Canada in the entire world, when you don't win, it's usually because, you know, either another team was just that much better or you did something wrong. So winning with hockey Canada, I don't give you very many points for that. So, and then you look at the, uh, sorry, the, the last thing was making the Stanley cup final again, that's a team that he came into had a, mediocre record at best for the remainder of the regular season that he coached. And then they went on a magical run. So I don't think you can give him too much credit, give him some credit, but not too much credit. So I was sick of hearing about his resume. And now that they have somebody coming in who has no resume, honestly, when I sat down and thought about it for a minute, I was like, that's not a bad thing because he doesn't have all these preconceived ideas of what's supposed to be happening. He could just go out and be kind of free with it. And like you said, Jared, be a presence there, right. Gain the respect of the players, make it fun to come to the rink again we're hearing this over and over again that they're saying it's not fun. And a lot of them are like Nick Suzuki said, you know, if, if we had given up, what did he say? It would be obvious if we had given up. And I think Jared, your line in in your article today was what, if this isn't obvious, then I don't know what, I don't want to know what obvious is going to (laughs) be. Right. Right? So I I think number one, somebody coming in with no resume, right. Just a fresh set of eyes, fresh perspective. um, But obviously a lot of knowledge about the game itself, having played it for as long as he did at a very high level. I, I think it's an interesting idea. And as an interim, right, you're, you're not handcuffed to him. I think it was a mistake to sign Dominic Sham for three years just because they went on a magical run. They handcuffed themselves to a guy. Now, Jeff Molson can obviously afford to pay him out those final two years without, you know, affecting his bottom line too much. But with this interim tag, what they've done is they've brought in, again, somebody who can bring that presence, who can hopefully make it fun for the players again so they can actually show up, start looking like a team right? When somebody runs your goaltender, go over and do something about it. Uh, you know, play like a team, play like you care, play like you, you have pride in that logo on the front of your sweater. And again, they're, they're not handcuffed to him. So they could do a coach search at the end of the year, they could move them into a different role. And it, it's exciting. This is, it's exciting for me. I'm, I'm incredibly
1: excited. Yeah, I was going to say the same, because like, the Montreal Canadian fandom that that we all have, obviously, uh, that's why we're writing for ice on the price. Uh, but but like for me, uh, be, being uh, you know all the way on the other side of the globe, and you know the Canadians' games are in the middle of the night, and you know except for the games that I've you know had r- written uh, like assignments for this season, it's just not been fun to stay up until three in the morning to watch the Canadians play, and. That's why, like, I mean, I, I've been a Newcastle United supporter since I was 14, and I'm 29 now. So, and that's been just a dreadful run because that, that, you know, that club has been run into the ground by the former owner and the management, and and there's just been no coherence and everything. And now they got, like, new owners, and you can say what you want about Saudi Arabia and everything. That's not what we're here to discuss, but it's just, like, I know how it feels when, you know, the club that you love or the franchise that you love just, you know, gets dragged through the mud. And, you know, your, your supporter, especially if you're like a supporter on, on distance, so you can't really see the games every now and then, you know, live either. It just becomes like not fun to watch. And, and it just feels like both with Newcastle and now with Montreal, it just feels like all of a sudden you can breathe again like I mean with everything the Canadians have done this season you just you just feel like well Mark Bergvin, he had his ups and he had his downs but it was never calm it was never that you felt like things were controlled and composed and it's been the same with the coaching staff like yeah you know some seasons under Michel Therrien or or Claude Julien it's looked really good and then you think like wow they've actually you know figure something out now they're going to be a competitive for a long period of time but then you looked at the roster and there's always been something missing so it's kind of been like building a house where you don't have the foundation and now that you well now that you actually jeff molson just like pulled away the you know the carpet and he fired like basically well he cleaned house and now you clean house in the coaching staff as well at least taking away the you know newly appointment appointed head coach and it's just a fresh start for everyone. All of a sudden you feel like there is not just, just Jeff Molson and a general manager and a head coach. Now you have a director, like a vice president of hockey operations and Jeff Gordon, who you know is an established name. We see how well the Rangers are doing now, and that's his doing. And then he takes in an agent, which you know comes with all his knowledge about you know player relations and everything. That's fascinating as a GM. And then now you get the opportunity of, well, Martin Saint-Louis now and we don't know if he's gonna like if he does well maybe he'll continue but we saw news now as well that it seems like Vincent Le Cavalier will be appointed assistant general manager Mm -hmm. in the upcoming days as well so like all of these it just feels like all of these resources coming into the franchise to do well and and it seems like there will be the opportunity to like discuss and there will be like you know people will come in with come in with different perspectives on things and and that is something i look forward to to following um when it comes to drafting when it comes to trading it's going to be fun just watching the trade deadline to see which players they actually decide to keep and and ship
2: yeah i think that that's that's part of the thing like look you know we you know we we have to watch the games you know we don't have we have to in a sense that we have to uh produce content but also you know we we want to want to watch hockey um and and that's been hard right and and imagine how it is for players like having to put your body on the line and yes you're getting paid a lot of money but i mean we all have jobs right like if your job is going badly even if it pays you well or pays you you know more than than you think it should or, or whatever if you have bad days at work, it's tough to go into work and you don't want to, and it affects your performance. You know, yes, NHL players are completely different. You know, they paid more and, and all that, but they're still human, right? Like we talk about mental health so much. Uh, and, and even within the Canadian Jeff Molson, when, when he uh, fired Mark Bergevin, says he wants to focus on mental health. You know, the Canadians have a goaltender who is mm-hmm. sitting out right now in, in part because of his, non-physical health and, and part and part because of it, obviously is his knee, but, but, you know, there, there's so many aspects to this. So at the same time uh, of all this happening, it just, it, it allows you to just refresh and, and it, it, it's a breath of fresh air, like like you guys mentioned. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's funny because I, I felt this way a bit when Mark Bergevin was fired because like, okay, change is going to come, but that doesn't affect the on ice product. It, it doesn't affect the, the coaching or the games or anything like that right away. Same thing when, when Kent Hughes was hired, like, okay. But it didn't change everything. It doesn't change anything. And, and now finally, this is the first move that has been made by this, you know, organized this new regime where it's like, okay, this might actually affect what's going to happen on Thursday when the team plays. And, and I think that there's some excitement to that, you know, lines of practice. What's it going to look like? And, and yes, there's a lot of ifs and, you know, if, you know, it doesn't work out, there's a short year, short term contract, whatever. But what happens if, if, if Marty St. Louis is, is Montreal's Rod Brindamore and and turns out he's really good at this, right? Like the, it's, it's, it's weird to say this about a coaching change. And I said this in my instant reaction article as well, but this is a coaching change that is extremely low risk an extremely high reward. And you don't usually get that because no one becomes a coach short-term, right? Like it's, it's very odd to see A, an interim coach brought in from the outside, which is what's happening here. It's very rare to see an interim head coach who takes a contract for essentially 37 games. And it's weird to get a coach that, let's face it, yes, he has no experience, but what is experience really? All that experience guarantees you is that you've been fired before. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Right. Yeah. So
2: I, and, and I'm not saying that you know you should never hire somebody with experience. That that's not the that's not the argument I'm trying to make, but what why is somebody who hasn't been fired before that bad? <laughs> right, it's especially also, when you're and, and like look,
1: he has a thousand NHL games, right, so it's, right. it's not like he's unexperienced, it's just right. unexperienced as a head coach. Right. And,
0: well, and look, and his look, coach, they're, they're, go ahead. his coaching record does show one year as head coach in Pee Wee triple <laughs> and then one as assistant coach. So I don't know, man. Maybe- well, he's taken a break for a couple of seasons
1: as well. Right? <laughs> he,
2: he, he's coached. He's coached with with uh, with, uh, with John Tortorella in in Columbus as well. Like it's not like he has no look. You, you're not around. Like I've never been like in an NHL locker room or anything like that. But I mean, you pick stuff up, right? Like coaches get, come into coaching from playing all the time. Like it, it's not uncalled for. Like everyone on the Canadian's bench right now has played in the NHL. Right, you have Saint Louis, Latowski, Burroughs, yeah. and, and Richardson. Yeah, and and you know they, you know they don't have that much experience as coaches, but they know what they like in coaches. They know what they don't like in coaches. Like it's not like they're, you know they, they have no life experience or whatever or anything like that. Like it, they they have, it's it's interesting, right? It, it's just well, and and it's intriguing. I'm intrigued. The,
0: <laughs> the best coach in Montreal Canadiens history, I think. Most people would say there's no argument. It's Scotty Bowman. Shut up, Matt. But I would say there's an argument for Toe Blake. And what did Toe Blake do? He basically, I think there was maybe one or two years between him not playing anymore on the punchline with Maurice Richard to he took over the head coaching job of the Montreal Canadiens and won five straight Stanley Cups. So I don't know how much experience you need, right? Like I said about the sham, I was really sick about hearing of of his resume, right? Um, Like you said, you know, experience gets you what guarantees you one thing that this guy has been fired by another team before, maybe by multiple teams. One of the things that was the most sickening to me in the last, how long has it been (laughs) at least 10 years of the Montreal Canadiens is the recycling of coaches that the Montreal Canadiens have already fired. We've seen Michel Terrien twice. We've seen Claude Julien twice. It has not worked out. So we've had four different times. We were same, so
2: close to Alevigno twice. We were so, so close. close to Alevigno twice
0: too. And and he's available. So maybe <laughs> may, who knows? Maybe I'm sitting here saying this now. And then uh Martin Saint Louis decides that he wants to move into player development or into uh into scouting. And he's then all hire of a sudden, one of
1: those. <laughs> we don't know that. We don't. All well, I'm saying is... I, I'm just saying, if they wanted to hire one of those guys, they are available now as well. I mean, we've already gone through that on, on Ice Enterprise as well. Julian is still on the payroll. They could have hired him back.
2: <laughs> they could have. The, 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 the funny thing is that not only has Alain Vigneault been fired by the Montreal Canadiens, he's been fired by Jeff Gordon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, when he was uh, at the That would be an interesting interview. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, I just think that, you know what, it's, 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 it's intriguing. Right, like there's no risk. There's no risk. What's the worst that could happen? The team loses seven straight games again. We're there. We're at rock bottom. Yeah, we like, yeah, can't like, get any worse. After well, last night, you, it, you it, really it, feel that. Even even if even if the team loses every game the rest of the season, even if that happens, I would still rather Marte Saint Louis working with Cole Caulfield every day. Right? Well, yeah, like, like, it, there's, that's, there's value. Yeah. There's value in that, even from a Take away everything else. There's yeah, value yeah. in having Marty someone we help your skilled young players, especially one who's also short, right? Like yeah, yeah. It's, it's like that alone has value.
1: Yeah, and it does value as well, just knowing that management sees what we see. Like obviously yes. you can't, yes. you can't not see it when the team loses seven to one against a team that has seven straight losses yeah and and like 13 losses in the 14 last games or uh, something. But God, but yeah, I know, but <laughs> it's still, you know, it, it just like now with the interim tag on San Luis and everything, I mean, nothing is set in stone anyway. So if, if, everything you know goes in the in the pooper like for the rest of the season and they lose every game yeah obviously san luis won't, won't be the next <laughs> you know permanent head coach he won't get that three year uh, yeah, three I, 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 well, I, I do want to one. say
2: i do want to say one thing just before, because we, we're talking about bad things about dominic du and and even the decision to keep him on could you imagine the uproar if they don't hire him after the stanica final
1: Actually, but, I could have understood it because like I, I, the play was not there. Like I, I for- could
2: have, I could have understood it, but I feel like Mark Bergeron was in a no-win situation. Well, McCabe, yeah.
0: okay, all right, maybe he was in a no-win situation. He had to hire him. You didn't have to give him three years. You no. didn't have to extend no. him for three years. You could have given him a one-year deal and you could have said, all right, here you go. I mean, I know this is maybe nitpicking because at the end of the day, we're talking about Jeff Molson, one of the richest people in Canada. I think he can <laughs> yeah, afford It's it. not our
2: money. We don't really right? care. Yeah. It's <laughs>
0: like any one of us, like if they said, Hey, would you pay 300 bucks over the course of the next three years? Uh, but you got to get rid of this guy and he can't do anything for you. I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. No problem. That's, you know, 1.7 million to Jeff Molson is like 300 bucks to one of us. So, <laughs> Let's just say he can afford it. It's not a big deal. But that's the thing with Bergevin. You didn't have to give him three years. You didn't have to give him that. Uh, as Anton said, the play wasn't really there. They got dummied in the final by Tampa, right? And like, they were playing against teams that weren't as good as Tampa. I honestly think he had it easy when he could just, anytime the best player on the other team stepped on the ice, what did he do? Uh numero 24, uh, let's go, Philippe. We, what we, also, do every time. We, also,
1: we also saw when Duchamp when wasn't available due to, you know, post-COVID testing. Like they the, played some of their best hockey. Exactly, there was no difference. So, like, how much could he be? Like, the team was the team was like 18th or something when Julien was fired, and they were 18th when Ducharme like w- when the regular season ended, and they were just like on a hot streak during that playoffs. It was just the playoffs that you know was the reason why Ducharme was you know got got his extension. But and it was yeah. a fun run, but but like the play wasn't there ever. Yeah. And really. and.
0: And then it's like the, the thing, cause Jared, you brought it up, you know, saying, Louis working with Caulfield? Right. I think that's one of the keys here is getting some of these young players going. Like, why are we shoving Caulfield on the third line, on the fourth line, getting him to play out there against grinders that are much larger than him. That's not his game. We saw him have success in the playoffs last year, obviously small sample. Right. But you want to, what I wanted to see, like, you know, when things started to go South this season, we talked about it multiple times on this podcast we talked about it ad nauseum on the website and in the eyes in the prize chat most of us have probably tweeted about it as well is what do we want to see we want to see steps forward right a step forward from ryan paling a step forward from alexander Romanov, a step forward from cole caulfield these would be tangible items that you could go and if dominic duchamp was providing that you could say all right well you know what he's losing games but He's got X amount of players that have been hurt. He's got X amount of games lost to COVID protocol. But he's doing A, B, and C. So we got mm-hmm. th- three different guys that are taking mm-hmm. steps forward. We're seeing none of those steps forward right now. We're seeing massive back steps. We're yeah, seeing did, Cole well, Koppi- you know, we, we were, seeing, we the were seeing no
2: steps forward, right? We uh, Brian Paling, Alexander Romanov. We, they they yeah. were progressing. And then they, they, no, nothing was and happening. Then he, well,
0: I mean, the other Michael night Penseta. he was, we were we were in the third period, and the two least. I think it, it remedied itself towards the end of the game. But yeah. I think I think he threw the clipboard in the garbage once they got down like six one, and just started saying, "All right, we'll roll four lines." Well, to his but-
2: credit, to his credit, and I mentioned this after the second period yesterday. Cole Caulfield, Ryan Paling were among the lowest used forwards on the team. Yes, by the end yes. of it, they they were you know Cole Caulfield I think was fourth most used forward on on a night. So he he did start playing the players that were playing well, but I mean. Yeah my my biggest my biggest thing with ducharme lately and and in the last few days or even yeah last few days especially what are you trying to do by playing cold coffee on the fourth line are you trying to win games cuz you're definitely not trying to develop him what are no, you but, trying to do
1: yeah yeah but that's the thing i think that ducharme was just like you know, tying a knot in his head like i mean he he had you know he didn't have any more he didn't have any more ideas so basically i think that he some sometime during the season he got scared to lose his job and then you know as many head coaches do in every sport they think that you know experience and and you know like older players will will get them out of it so like we will put the young guys away for now like we've seen it countless times for julian had the same tendencies And then they just like they forget all about, you know, why they are there to develop, you know, even better players for tomorrow. And they just like they become Mm. scared and frightened and and they do things to, you know, get over the hump. And then it doesn't work, obviously, because like if the players were good enough, they wouldn't be losing this much anyway. So, So, yeah,
0: trying to win games versus trying to actually develop those players, which I think that's it. I think I, he was... I, th- I think
2: that's a major thing. And I, I mentioned this, I think, uh, to Matt when we did the Kent Hughes uh, podcast is that he needed some direction and I don't think he got it. And I think that, I don't think Dominic Ducharme is a bad coach. I think he did a bad job. And I think that he was a bad coach for this team. And I yep. think that he could, he never was able to find his voice. Listen to his opening press conference. Listen to what he said how much of that did he implement i would say almost none of it and hmm. and I, and i think that it's i don't think it's all his fault but i think that when you're looking at the montreal canadians you can't care about whether it's dominic duchon's fault he obviously was not the right coach for right now i would not be surprised if he becomes a successful head coach i won't because i did believe in him i still do but i think he got overwhelmed by hmm being stuck and not knowing what to do and is part mm-hmm. of that mark bergevin's fault for not giving him direction at the beginning of the season yeah, was yeah it, but also- of, but it was a mark bergevin's fault for not building yeah. him a roster that made sense uh-huh. yes absolutely but at the same time he didn't do anything to show that he needed he deserved to keep this job and yeah, yeah, i think was- that that's why we're here where we are today
1: yeah, I was just going to say about that, because like, as you say, uh, he got stuck. And I think as well, like the worst thing for Dominic Ducharme was probably that they went to the Stanley Cup final because like the, you know, the, the playing style was never, you know, put in place. And then all of a sudden the playoffs went in and, and, you know, they they turned it around against Toronto and went all the way to to final. And all of a sudden everyone was looking at the Montreal Canadiens, a team that had been, you know, a bubble team for for the, like, last two, three seasons, like, as a potential, you know, Stanley Cup winner for, for, like, for for the upcoming years. And and then it was all of a sudden a different job that he was supposed to do. Like, he got all of these, like, experienced players and everything. And, like, I don't think that was what even Mark Bergevin was seeing when he appointed him as the interim head coach. I think he was more seeing, like, here's this guy who has worked well, uh, you know, won a Memorial Cup. He has done well with the youngsters in the past. Now he's gonna develop these guys. But then they went to the finals and it was just like, well, all out attack. Let's go. <laughs> but that's priorities so change.
2: That's, that's that's yeah.
1: the issue. Is
0: like, I don't want to hear about Memorial Cups. You know who's won the most Memorial Cups as a head coach? Don Hay. Wanna do me a favor and Google <laughs> his record as an NHL coach? I'll save you the trouble. His record as an NHL coach between Phoenix and Calgary is 6165. 20 and four he is a losing coach in the national <laughs> hockey I'm league but he has three wins he has not three th- memorial cups
1: so i don't want I'm
0: to hear about anything. memorial cups
1: yeah but i'm not saying anything about the memorial cup i'm just saying i that know you're not was, no but i'm just saying he was the assistant coach to claude julian and obviously mark Virgin saw enough in him to want to appoint he said like at the press conference like when we were going away from julian it was always going to be Ducharme. like it, that was you know set in stone already that they saw a head coach uh, an nhl head coach in him but i just see uh, think that the whole progress throughout the spring which uh, as we said it was never registered really in playing style it was never it never lived up to i mean the sum of its parts were just like i mean it didn't really gel which... but then when when they went to the finals it was just like oh well now we're yeah. going to continue with the and we just have to like throw all the player development aside
0: which, which was unfortunate, because I think there was a significant case for Joel Bouchard being the coach of the Montreal Canadiens. He was doing a great job. He, he really turned the program around in, in uh, Laval. They went from being bad to being quite good under him. A guy like Jake Evans, a seventh-round pick, goes from being a seventh-round pick to an NHL player, an NHL-caliber player There was a significant um, contributor for the Habs in that playoff run, specifically on defense. Right. Um, I think the stat line was that Jake Evans... I don't think they got scored on once while he was on the ice during those playoffs. So amazing job at, at development. And I think that was the guy he had shown that he was actually capable of developing. I think a lot of junior coaches, I, 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 I should mention this, right. Cause I don't think I've ever actually said it. I will say something nice about Dominique Schaum. I don't think he's a bad coach. I think he's a bad NHL coach. I don't think that he is for that league. Some guys are better at the junior levels or the college levels than they are in the show right? Uh, I don't know if you... I, I'm sure... You, yeah, I, I know both of you guys actually follow the NFL. You may have heard of a guy named Urban Meyer, right? Uh, yeah. Pretty decorated <laughs> college coach, right? <laughs> he they, gets to the they, Jacksonville Jaguars and it's it's a complete gong show. Nick Saban. Nick Saban. There's another one, right? Yeah. Uh, most legendary Chip coach Kelly. in NCAA history. Chip Kelly. Yeah. Uh, well, Chip Kelly had some uh, issues with a little bit of racism, but... Um, <laughs> we, we, the point being it's like this, this, this goes across this transcends sports, like what sport we're talking about here. Some guys are better at the junior level than they are elsewhere. And I think when you look at the Montreal Canadians, what's the number one issue that I personally that I see? Defensive zone coverage. <laughs> they can't play defense to save their lives. They could, they, they could do it when Kerry Price was in net. So they could give you the illusion of being able to do it because Kerry Price makes hard saves look easy. And they could give you the illusion of being able to do it when they had a defensive ace in Philippe Dano, who is unceremoniously snubbed, unceremoniously snubbed from the Selkie conversation every year. Every and it drives year. me nuts. Mm-hmm. But without Carry Price, without Philippe Dano, all of a sudden you see these issues, right? So we are going to find out soon how much of that was due to Dominique Cham. I have well, always I have always contended it. that part of it was Luke Richardson. I, I was don't... gonna
2: say, like Luke Richardson is <laughs> still there and the yeah. an has... issue under Claude Julian, right? Like yeah. it well, didn't really change. But I mean that, well, that's that's the whole point of, of bringing in a new guy, right? Like if you if you fought, like look, look look what they did, the Montreal Canadiens. Did. They fired Claude Julien, but kept his two assistants and brought up an assistant from the AHL. Well, of mm. course, nothing really is going to change. Right? Right. It, it, it's the, the issues, and I agree. The underlying issues were still there, right. and I think the issue is how much this team resembled the, the team, or if not, got worse than a team that that it was under Claude Julien, and and that's the major thing is like bringing in a fresh face. Like maybe he says, "Hey, Luke, this isn't working. Let's try something different." You know, and, and, you know, I'm not saying that Marty, Marty St. Louis is going to be like a savant of defensive zone coverage, no. but I'm pretty sure he can bring some ideas of, of what to do. And, you know, maybe this opens up a, a little bit for, for everybody and, you know, it, it's, it, it might help the coaching staff as well. Who knows? It, it's just, I'm, I'm intrigued. And, no, and I, I, it's, it's I, I can say I have
1: zero hope for Luke Richardson as, as a future. <laughs> you, no, but like he's been there for several years now and we've seen the same problem every year. It's just been, as you said, Matt, that formerly there was a, a world-class goalie in net and there was, you know, a defensive, uh, defensive center man who was one of the, <laughs> like who could shut down basically any line in the National Hockey League now that they those two aren't there we're seeing the same problems but there is no one there to clear up the mess mm-hmm. so yeah, i don't I, I, understand it's... what luke richardson has on
2: like and and, and no, the former issues, management even talent. when he was hired you look at his yeah. numbers with the islanders the yeah. the penalty killing numbers were bad <laughs> and yeah. that was his responsibility like it's not a new thing it's just that a lot of things get masked when carrie price is saving 93 percent of the shots yeah, yeah. and yeah you know, and it, yep. I, it's, I don't want to say that Carey Price may, like he it wasn't responsible for the playoff run because the team played well in front of him. But what the difference is, is that the difference between Carey Price making 93% of the saves and somebody making 88% of the saves, that's a significant number of goals. And, and the issue is that the Canadians not only are playing bad defensively, but they're also not getting a save. So the combination is what you're seeing, but the issue is that nothing is being fixed. Like I can deal with losses; losses are okay. This is a, a, a this is a not very good team. Not very good teams are going to lose games. The issue is is that nothing has changed, and nothing was changing. And this yeah. is where a, a coaching change became necessary because it, it was becoming repetitive. It was it was almost comical to the point where you're like, oh, the Canadians are starting to play well. Here comes a goal by the other team. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like it, it's mm. it, and and so yeah, it, I, it, I I like Dominic Bouchard. I liked him in junior. I liked talking to him. I liked I covered him for for a long time. I, I covered him at the World Juniors a couple of times, and I like him. I think he's a good guy. I think that he he it has a lot of of the concepts that makes Joel Bouchard. Um, successful or what people think that Joe Bouchard makes successful, they're, they're they're tied at the hip. But what's ironic is that if Joel Bouchard takes the assistant coaching job uh, instead of going to San Diego, <laughs> are we not talking about him as the head coach to a bunch of the Montreal Canadiens right now? Of course, I, I, we are. I I mean, no, I think it's, a, I mean, it's not sure could,
1: because like we could, like it's still Kent Hughes and 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 like it's a different it's, team yeah. now. Well, he's Jeff an obvious
2: Gorgeous. replacement, right? He's an obvious yeah for Bergman.
1: No, I was gonna say like I mean it, it's like now that's new management. It's not yeah. like uh, it's not certain that they would care for like Joel Bouchard's kind of no nonsense mm-hmm. style.
2: Yeah, the w- no, same way they Maybe not guaranteed, but yeah, it's it's definitely. I mean, there's no guarantee also that the team struggles. I'm <laughs> not that no. I'm saying Joel Bouchard is a miracle worker, but. How um, how has
1: yeah. the San Diego goals fared this season? Because... Uh, they were
2: last place last I checked. To be honest, actually.
1: Well, um, I mean, <laughs> but Al, when he took thing. over when he took over the Rocket, I think they were last place too.
0: And yeah, he brought I, them it's... to a point where they were winning. Yeah. Where, but like um they they won what they won the entire Canadian
1: division. But they're, 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 they're don't you think as well? Right now. I was just division. gonna say like don't don't you think as well? Like I mean since you you've covered the Rocket for several mm-hmm. years, well before it was the Rocket, and like the lack of player development for so many years has just been like when Joe Bouchard. When Joel Bouchard, yeah, when Joel Bouchard came, uh, at least something happened, right? At least someone was taking care of the youngsters. At least and, and let's
2: but, be honest, not only that, yeah. but also that the, the players got better, right? Like yeah, yeah, you, yeah. If you look exactly. at some they of the yeah. But yeah. no, I, I mean it's it's tough. I, I don't I, I think Joel Bouchard's a good coach. I think that um I I think that Dominic Charm is a good coach. I just think that for this team, it obviously wasn't working. Obviously. And and I, I do think that. Yeah, no, Joel Bouchard is the easy choice. It's easy to second guess Mark Bergevin. Not I, I don't know what happened there, to be honest. Um, but hey, you know, I, I think that I think that as as bad as it sounds, because I think that he did a lot of good things near the end of his tenure, I think the last Nine months of Mark Bergman's tenure. I thought you were going to say gonna, nine years. <laughs> the, the last nine months are going to be looked back at really badly. Yeah. It, it's already aged awfully between Denno and the draft and Ducharme and uh, signing Josh Anderson. I, I don't think that one's going to uh, well, age as badly. Uh, no. um, I don't think that one's going to age as badly. But, you know, signing Jeff Petrie has aged yeah. horribly um there, there's a lot of you know high, start signing the entire coaching staff to three-year yeah. contracts um you know I, i'm i i don't blame Bergman for all of that but also yikes um so yeah i, I think that the last nine months ah man like it, it's not aging well and but and, and, and there are lots lot of good things tyler to fully yeah. great thing um you know there, there's a lot of good things but yeah i mean those nine months uh, are, are even last six months really badly, really badly. And, and it's you know, not, letting, not letting Corey Perry go and just a lot of, of bad decisions. And look, this... Letting
1: Eric Stahl goes. go.
2: Olympian. <laughs> he's, he's, he's gotten rid of... How, how many Olympians have Mark Bergeron gotten rid of? Tim Wheel, David Dernay, Eric Stahl. Yeah, Mark Barberio?
1: No, no one else picked them up. Maybe for a reason.
2: <laughs> Can you imagine? I, I, I just, wa- I
1: just, yeah, I just want to add very quickly that the Martin Saint-Louis effect has already started to show uh, in terms of player development. Cam Hillis has scored twice tonight against Syracuse, and mm-hmm. that just means that all of the youngsters will now, you know, bloom. Speaker
2: Bouchard, he worked with Cam Hillis. Let's queue oh, up yeah. that.
1: Uh, let's cue up that Cole, Hoff,
0: Cole Caulfield hat trick tomorrow night. Then I guess. Oh, he's exactly. going to score tomorrow. Would He's gonna it's score a on Thursday.
1: He's gonna
2: score. I you know, yeah. he, he looked like he got what seven shots on goal. Um
1: I, I was gonna say he had like seven shots outside of goal, like he yeah. missed the net yeah. so many times. I, I
2: think I think he had seven shot attempts, five on five, mm. and four on goal. Five yeah. on five. Um I could be I don't have numbers in front of me, but I looked them up this morning. Um but yeah, look, it, it's gonna be I I'm I'm intrigued. I'm I'm looking forward to a Canadians game for the first time in a few months. Um so Thank you guys for for taking this time. And uh, look, I, we'll be talking about this again, I'm sure, um, a lot in the next uh, 37 games. Matt, Anton, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time on Have Some Mind.